Ah, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, minor technical delays, but not bad today. We were pretty excited about this for sure. Remember, there's several different ways that you can watch. You can watch right here on our website, bccbrazil.org. That is a perfect place to go um, to, uh, to watch. If you would like a bigger screen, if you've got a smart TV or you can cast from your phone, you can go to our YouTube channel, Berea Christian Church. Just search for that and you will find us right there and you can stream that to whatever device that you want. Uh, the easiest way to do that actually is click right now on your screen where it says YouTube and click there and it'll take you right to our page and you can cast it from there. Um, I love technology. I always have. Um, it's just kind of one of those things I've always been curious about, and it's fun. And now here we are in the midst of full diving in technology. If you saw everything behind the scenes, you'd be like, wow, I didn't know we could do that at our church. Well, we didn't either uh, as of Monday. But by Thursday, God allowed us to get things going. Here's the thing about technology. I know people love to hate on it. I get that. But think about the opportunity right now that technology is providing across this globe to allow Christ's bride to meet. Without this, so many churches are unable to connect and that community can begin to fall apart. Yes, we'll still have our community with our family and our close friends and things like that possibly, but the body of Christ could potentially cease to meet. And it's such an amazing thing that we can still do this. Um, there's an encouragement that comes from being united in worship together. Even though we don't have all the elements in place yet, um, we can't be in the same room. We can still be united in the study of God's word and the encouragement that we can find in that and some other things that we'll talk about as we move on today. Before we get too far in, I want to make sure if you have Seth Passfield's phone number, Text him and tell him thank you for me. Um, he and I have been working a lot of hours this week to try to get this going, and he is the mastermind behind the final operation. And so make sure you let him know that, um, if, if you would. Give him a, a big thank you for me. Um, one thing I want to relate to you that hopefully everybody got earlier this week. I sent out a letter to as many people as we officially had addresses for. So if you did not get a letter, send, your, send us an email with your uh, actual physical address. Uh, but we sent out a, a letter this week, and I want you to remember this that we know that God is in control of everything, even in this situation. And he, this season of life for the church and for this globe will pass. And when it does, we cannot wait to reunite as the people of God, as the bride of Christ right back here at Berea Christian Church. And here's how we're gonna do it. At 10 a.m. on that Sunday, whenever that Sunday arrives at 10 a.m., we are all gonna have one unified service on that Sunday. And we cannot wait for that moment to get here. Please pray with us that that moment arrives soon. And as that develops, we will let you know what all those things uh, will be involved. I can tell you one thing, it will probably involve food after the service because come on, that's what we do best. We gather together and we eat food. So that will probably be a part of what we're doing. I wanted to begin this morning with something uh, simple and probably something maybe even a little uncomfortable for some of you watching, and that's just fine. Um, you can't yell at me or boo at me or throw things at me because you're at home. Um, you could turn us off, but please don't do that. So here's what we want you to do. Before we get started today, we want to take a moment and pray. But before I pray, I would love for you to take a moment. And I will just literally step off camera for a moment and give you a chance to just grab your family, whoever's with you. Maybe it's just you. I just want you to take a moment and spend just a few seconds with God, thanking him for the provisions he's given for you, the place that you're at, the technology that you're using to be a part of this morning, the resources he's given you in life. Pray that the day will come for an end for this particular crisis in our country and across the world. Pray that that day will come soon. 
Pray for those that are out there right now in the physical world, helping those that are sick, those that are getting tested, those that are in hospitals. Pray for all those workers. Pray for those people that are restocking our shelves endlessly. Pray for those drivers that are driving back and forth across this country time and time again, trying to get us the things that we need in life. Okay, so I'm gonna give you just a moment to do that and then I will kind of close this with prayer and bring us back on in. Father God, during this time of uncertainty, of, of crisis, uh, even tragedy amongst families and, and people across our country and across this world, uh, we wanna lift up your bride today. We wanna lift up your church across this globe. Those that are able to use this technology to continue meeting, those that have still gathered in small groups across this planet to meet and study your word, Father, to encourage one another, to support one another. I pray that today is a blessing for all of us, that your word will guide us, direct us, prompt us into who we should be, what we should be doing during these uncertain times and that they definitely are. Father, we thank you for your presence with us this morning, wherever we are. And we pray that this can be, bring glory and honor to you, to your name and to your kingdom. May we be the ones to reach out and meet the needs of those around us in this time of crisis. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for doing that with us. And those of you that were able to tune in on Thursday night, we thank you for joining us uh, for the live stream with Dave Butts, Prayer in Uncertain Times. If you missed that, uh, I should right below this video on our webpage right now. I believe it's still posted there, but if not, it will be posted again this week. Please take a moment. He had some great insight into some prayer issues, some prayer things that we should be doing right now in our culture uh, across this country and across this globe. Our biggest prayer for revival, for revival amongst the church and those being drawn to her. So please, Please get a second and check that out. Share that video link with others. Um, it's an important, important message, and we're so glad that we wanted to that we got to share it with you. One of the things that we wanted to do this morning was make sure you knew that we had not forgotten about you and your family. And so if you've got kids, um, as these weeks go on, and they are going to go on at least for a few, we're going to continue to work and develop some new ideas and some new strategies to try to increase this family dynamic uh, of worship. And so McKenna has been working on that all week. And so I've invited her to come on in this morning and kind of share some of the things she's prepared with you um, for our kids, for our families. I know the Half family is excited to participate with that as well. So come on over here, McKenna, and share with them what all you have going on for the families this week. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm excited to be with you this way. I know we can't all be together physically, but this will work. <laughs> so we really miss seeing you guys here, but we were really wanting, like Chris said, to engage the whole family. That's why my position's here. That's why I'm here. And so one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about today is something cool that we have for you as families at home. 
kids, every Sunday morning, we go downstairs and we learn about something cool. If you remember, we've been learning about something called revealed. We're revealing the different parables that Jesus told. So this week, we wanted to give you parents an at-home guide to be able to kind of go through those things with your kids. We're going to try to do this each week. Um, This week, we have some cool, fun things going on, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But as to where to find it, you can find it on our website, under the children's ministry page. It should be under children and family ministry page. And I believe it should be under our main header website. If it's not yet, we'll try to work on that and make sure that we can get it up there by the end of the day. But you just click on this picture right here and it'll take you to a PDF. And it has things like prayer, video for you guys to be able to do with your family um, for the lesson. If you don't want to do the lesson yourself, you can watch the video. This one's really fun. It has kids teaching it. It's really good. And then there's also some activities. Each week, hopefully, we will be able to do some activities that we want you guys to interact with. Since we can't see each other face to face, we have this great thing called technology that we're able to use today and throughout the week. And what we'll be doing is we will be essentially having fun things for you guys to videotape maybe and put on our Facebook page or email me and maybe we'll try to do it the next week and show you guys all the things that you've been doing. So this week we're talking about Parable of Talents. So naturally, talents, we're going to have you guys do an at-home family talent show. So if you are willing and able, we would love for you guys to do something fun as a family, show your talents, post it onto our Facebook page at Berea Kingdom Kids, send it to my email, send it to our Facebook page, Messenger, if you're able to, something like that. And that way we'll all be able to kind of interact, have some fun watching other families do their talents and things like that and be able to engage with the different talents that God's given us because he's given us a ton and now's the best time to use them. Yeah, that should be uh, that should be interesting. And we really do. We, we need you to participate. Even if you don't have a bunch of kids at home, yeah. uh, you are just mom and dad. Kids have all moved out. Make a video of some unique talent that you have. Send it to us. I would love to put all those together in a loop that's playing here before the service because that would be neat to share with everybody in the church. So if you can get it to us, that's perfect. If you can't, you can just post it to the web. We can probably find a way to, to pull it down from there and, and combine things. So McKenna, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited for both of us what, what we can continue to develop moving forward. How, yeah, what are some unique ways that we can involve all of our, our kids and our families uh, in this ministry and others for that matter? Um, because there's a lot of people doing a lot of neat things right now. And hey, why not if we're holding this together? So why not uh, to... Uh, kind of partner with other organizations that are doing stuff. So anyway, uh, there is not the link on our homepage below this video. I apologize. Uh, that was the minor technical glitch we had before the service. It would not uh, copy and paste that link. It would not load. So uh, we'll try to work on that later, but it is on our children's and family ministry page right there on the website. Easy, easy to find. To get to, Absolutely. To read I tried to make it as easy as possible. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, Today marks our our very first Sunday morning together online in the history of the church, a church that began in 1892. I mean, the internet didn't exist yet, of course, but my goodness, what else didn't exist in 1892? Uh, We want you to know that we will get better at this as time goes on. This is a new platform for all of us, and so we're trying to make it work the best that we can. So bear with us. Um, if you have any ideas, tips, suggestions, any other technologies maybe even that we could bring in, um, let us know because we're still trying to figure out some things. We really, really want to implement some new elements um, as time goes on. I'll explain that at the very end of the message today, one of our limitations right now that we have. But here's the biggest thing. We want to make the most of every opportunity we have to come together to encourage one another and to share the gospel news 
of Jesus Christ. That is ultimately our goal here, all right? So I, I gotta be really, really honest with you. I really do. Um, I don't have a clue what is going on right now in this world. I just don't. Um, you know, we adults, we're supposed to have all the answers, right? Um, and your kids have come to you and asked, and I'm sure other people have talked to you, like, what's happening? What's going on? And my honest answer is, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have never experienced anything like this in my lifetime, nor have most of you, short of a, a world war, possibly World War II. Uh, even 9-11 was a momentary thing that we're still suffering the effects of, but it, it didn't change things like we've been changed right now. People are panicked. The fear, which I've addressed in, in service, is absolutely real. What is it that people are afraid of? If you ask them, I would bet most of them won't be able to give you a genuine answer. They won't be able to define it. They're just reacting. They don't know what to do. And as we've noticed now, when people don't know what to do, they simply do what everyone else does. Hence the reason they go to the store and buy all of the toilet paper. It makes absolutely no sense to do that, but it's what everyone else is doing. So that's what seems right. Many of you have probably sat around this week and wondered, what am I supposed to do in this time of crisis, in these uncertain times? Now, thankfully for us parents, um, this next week is spring break for all of us, at least in this community. And so we're thankful that uh, we have a week off from e-learning. So we don't have to do that, right? It's hard work, isn't it? My goodness, my wife, it is a hard work. She's a teacher trying to do this. But can I ask you a question? Is it worth it? Is the extra time that you're getting to spend with your kids worth it? Yes, it was forced upon us. I realize that. Maybe, just maybe, this is a huge wake-up call, literally from God, reminding us to be more involved in our, kid, our kids' lives, reminding us to know more about what it is that they're learning, what they're being taught in school, Maybe to have more compassion and empathy for our teachers. That's a topic for another day, but still a lot of things to think about. As a husband, a father, and a pastor, I absolutely have spent time praying, wondering, trying to discern what it is that God wanted me to share with you this morning. And God, of course, gave me some guidance as we knew that he would. Many years ago, a pastor by the name of Mark Toby. Now, some of you could possibly know him. He was in Terre Haute for a very long time until very recently um, at a Baptist church over in Terre Haute. But he was a church at, at our pastor, the, uh, pastor at the church that we grew up in um, later on when, when we were adults. And he gave me some advice. My wife was his secretary. I was a young married man. And he gave me some very specific advice. He told me to listen to my wife's heart in things to follow that advice. He said that somehow, someway, women seem to have a little different connection with God than men seem to. And uh, I don't really understand why that is, but all I can tell you is I have not followed that advice perfectly for the last 24 years of our marriage, but man, he's right. Um, they just do. They seem to be able to discern and understand things just a little differently than us guys do. Another thing Mark Toby happened to tell me was, I, was I could tell you where I was standing in the church office. He said, Chris, you know what? You'd make an awful good pastor one day. I was a brand new college graduate. I was a middle school teacher. I was a basketball coach. I was not a pastor, nor was I ever going to be. 
And so if by chance Mark Toby gets a hold of this, anyone could have ever predicted that that was what, what was going to happen. So Kristen actually gave me the initial idea for this week's message. Um, God gave her that idea. As a matter of fact, he gave it to her almost specifically a year ago to the date which her and I were talking about this. We found that interesting. He reinforced this idea that she gave me with a podcast that I listen to each day. And it just happened to be along the same lines of the topic that she had given me. And so here is where it begins. As a follower of Jesus, or as a person searching for answers in these uncertain times, where should we go? I wanna challenge you this morning to think about taking yourself to the feet of Jesus as the text as the, the picture illustrates. If you're searching for answers in this time of crisis, if faith in God is something that you have never had or maybe even something that others have cautioned you against, I wanna encourage you this morning. I want, you to, I want to invite you to experience the peace of Jesus. We want to tell you how important you are to him. We want you to know how much he loves you. We want to share with you what he has already done for you and why specifically he did it. For all of us that are searching for an answer to the question, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do in these uncertain times? I want to suggest that you place yourself at the feet of Jesus. This morning, we're gonna look at the life of a woman, not just any woman in the New Testament. She was much more than just an anonymous woman or a nameless face, no. Prior to meeting Jesus, she was likely a very well-known woman in her community. Whether she was an outcast or she was a focus of attention, we don't know. What we do know is the gospel of Luke tells us in chapter eight, verse one, that Jesus cured this woman from many demons and evil spirits and possibly even diseases. Now, we don't know exactly what that means. It's not clearly defined for us, but we know that she stood out from society in a way that was not a positive her name was Mary Magdalene. She was a Jewish woman from the fishing town of Magdalia on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. Her name is mentioned 12 times throughout the Gospels, which is more than most of the other apostles even. She likely spent most of Jesus' three years of traveling and ministry following him as he taught, as he healed others. Now, Mary was a very common Jewish name. You know that Jesus's mother's, of course, name was Mary. So there are a lot of Marys in scripture. As a matter of fact, at the cross, there's multiple Marys even there on that day. But instead of spending time at those things, we wanna look specifically at the life of Mary Magdalene because she shows us exactly what it looks like to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Our first example is again recorded by Luke in his gospel account of Jesus's life. In chapter 10, Jesus has arrived at the home of Mary and Martha. Now, Jesus has just entered the house and he just started right in of teaching. Martha is the preparer. Martha has a guest over. I don't know if any of you are like this, but I know in a lot of homes, anytime a guest is over, everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be clean. Everything has to be spotless. The food has to be as perfect as it possibly can be for any guest. Imagine if your Savior and your Lord Jesus Christ was coming to your home to dine with you, how would you be preparing for that moment? If that panics you, then you are Martha. And there's nothing wrong with that. You want to put your best foot forward for Jesus at any point in time. But then there was Mary. 
Mary wasn't helping Martha. Martha resented this idea. And so she went to Jesus. Now, where was Mary? Well, Mary was right there sitting at the Lord's feet. Her devotion was to him. She wasn't distracted by everything that was happening all around what needed to be done. Instead, she was focused on Jesus. The question becomes for us in this moment right now, what are you and I focused on? Now, absolutely, we need to focus on our health, on good hygiene, on on practicing those basic smart things to prevent this virus from spreading any further. But our next stop should be resting at the feet of Jesus. Or are we caught up in the chaos that the world is promoting all around us, the irrational behavior of so many who have been overcome by the spirit of fear? At the feet of Jesus, we will find peace. He will teach us. He will guide us through these uncertain times. And yes, just like Martha, there will be some people in your life, some family members, some coworkers that come to you and say, what on earth are you doing? Why aren't you panicking? Why aren't you preparing like everyone else? Why are you acting so different? And I want to point out to you the words of Jesus. As Martha brings these same concerns to him, she complained to him about Mary's desire to be at his feet. He said to her, Martha, Martha, The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or (laughs) needed only one. Mary has chosen which is better and it will be taken and it will not be taken away from her. Few things are needed. Look around, see what everyone else is doing. Few things are needed when you're at the feet of Jesus. This is a key for us to think about moving forward. Mary set herself aside to sit at the feet of Jesus to learn from her Savior, like many of you are doing this morning as we study God's word. But that was not the only time that Mary placed herself at the feet of Jesus. The second one might be exactly where many people who are listening here today find themselves. In John chapter 11, hope go ahead and turn there if you've got your Bibles open This time we find Mary again at the feet of Jesus eventually. What I want you to notice is that first Jesus was good friends with not just Mary and Martha, but also their brother. His name was Lazarus. And as the story unfolds, I want you to notice that Mary's first reaction in this case was not to go to the feet of Jesus. In this scenario, Jesus is in another town doing ministry somewhere Else And news is brought to him. Now, I would contend that it had to have been Mary and Martha that sent word to Jesus that their brother Lazarus had fallen ill. Jesus replies to his apostles. They're listening. Hey, don't worry. This sickness will not end in death in verse four. Now, Jesus wasn't lying. Many of you know the story and Lazarus did in fact die, but Jesus wasn't lying. He ultimately knew the outcome of this specific event, but even on the bigger picture, he knew that Lazarus would ultimately be with him for all eternity in heaven. And he would experience a physical death, but a spiritual death would never be something that Lazarus would be forced to experience. And so again, that's a sermon for another day. So as they sit around, Jesus stays and he continues to do ministry for two more days. And at this point, the disciples really didn't want to go back to to see Lazarus, back to Judea. You see, Jesus then brought up this idea. Hey, Guys, let's go back now. It's time. It's time to go to Lazarus. Well, the disciples were kind of concerned because they remembered the last time they were in that community, they tried to kill Jesus. They wanted to stone him. 
disciples really weren't excited about going back into that atmosphere. And so they kind of began to resist Jesus. And no, we don't want to go back with you uh, to Lazarus. Why don't we just stay here? And Jesus said, you're right. He's, he's sleeping. He's just asleep. And the disciples are perfect. That's awesome. When you're sick, you're supposed to sleep, right? And so, hey, let's just let Lazarus heal. That's great. Jesus, don't bother him. Don't wake him up. Let's just stay right where we are. And then Jesus begins to point out the obvious. Okay, guys, here's the thing. Um, he's not really physically asleep. He's dead. Obviously, that changed their expression. And Jesus goes on and said, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But now let us go to him. They didn't resist Jesus at that point. Upon nearing town, Martha caught word they were coming. Martha runs out to Jesus, goes to him and begins to ask questions, tells him, hey, if Jesus, you'd been here, we know you could have healed him. What's the deal? What's going on? And Jesus asks her a simple question. Well, do you believe your brother will rise again? And Martha goes and gives Jesus all of the right answers, just as you would expect Martha to do. Now, here's the thing. Why wasn't Mary there? Mary was the emotional one. Mary was the excitable one. Mary was the one always at Jesus' feet. Why did she not go with Martha? I think the text will reveal exactly why Mary did not go with Martha. Martha begins to answer Jesus's questions. And like I said, she gives the perfect religious answer. If you will, yes, I know my brother will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she goes, of course, of course I do. I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God who is come into this world. Martha, even though she was devastated at the loss of her brother, she was clearly emotional and upset, understands who Jesus is. She's convinced, she's satisfied with her encounter with Jesus. And so she returns home to get Mary. Now Jesus sent for Mary, Martha tells us. After she said this, she went back, called to her sister, Mary, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. But when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house saw how quickly she left, they went and went with her. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn. Now, Mary didn't get up in a state of mourning with her head covered, slowly trotting toward the grave. When Mary got the invitation from Jesus, she hightailed it out of there. But I think it was probably for maybe a different reason than what we all would assume. I truly believe because of her reaction to Jesus when she got to him, that she was mad. She was running to Jesus to go give him a piece of her mind. She was an emotional woman. She was not afraid to speak her mind. And I truly believe that's exactly what she was going to do. I don't believe when she ran to him and she fell at his feet, sobbing and weeping and wailing that her words Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. I don't believe they were calm like that. I believe they were loud. I believe they were irrational. I believe they were filled with anger and all kinds of even animosity toward Jesus in that moment because she believed that Jesus is the Christ, that he absolutely could have prevented her brother from dying, and yet he didn't. Why, God? Why didn't 
you stopped this from happening. God, why didn't you prevent this? My brother would have been fine if you had only showed up. As a matter of fact, remember, it was probably Mary and Martha who sent word to Jesus to send him, to bring him to town to heal their brother. And Jesus didn't come. She was disappointed in the moment. As believers, have any of you beginning in this time or at any time in your life brought yourself to the feet of Jesus and asked the same disease? Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your business is suffering. Maybe fear and anxiety have overwhelmed you. Have you cried out at the feet of Jesus yet? Because if you have not, I want to share with you that Jesus' response to you will be the exact same as Jesus' response to Mary. Jesus will weep with you in this time. He feels our pain. He knows when we are suffering. This scene from the life of Jesus shows how much Jesus genuinely loves us and how real his love for us is, how much he cares for our life and how the pain from this world affects not only us, but affects him as well. Have you brought this and laid it at his? John chapter 12 is where we'll go. This is after. Lazarus's resurrection from the grave. Here we find everyone sitting around a dinner, probably to celebrate Lazarus's life. It was given in Jesus's honor. Martha, of course, was serving food. That's what she did best while Lazarus was there at the table with everyone else. And then Mary, yes, Mary Magdalene, took a pint of that expensive pure nard, that expensive perfume. She poured it at the feet of Jesus and she wiped his feet with her hair. There she is bowing before the feet of Jesus. Now, not even Mary understood what she was doing in the moment. She was humbling herself and serving her Lord and Savior, bringing great honor and praise and glory to him in that moment. She doesn't know everything that's about to happen to him. She doesn't know that soon Jesus will be led away. Soon he will be illegally falsely accused. He will be beaten. He will be ridiculed. He will be spat upon. He will be mocked, ultimately hung on a cross and killed. She doesn't know any of that. And yet there she is at his feet, preparing his body for burial. It was a beautiful, incredible gift of priceless worth that she poured out at his feet in service to her Lord and Savior. Now in times like these, falling at the feet of our Savior in order to serve him, might seem a little bit hard. Our emotions can drive us to the feet of Jesus like Mary in the last scene, emotionally distraught, not knowing what to do, where to turn after Mary's brother's death. But we must take time when we're at the feet of Jesus to reflect and give thanks for who he is. What can we do in these uncertain times? How can we serve Jesus in these uncertain times? Well, a simple way, kind of sounds crazy, but to follow the guidelines we've been given to protect ourselves and to protect others, to keep this disease from spreading any further. That is what Jesus would want. He doesn't want pain and suffering across this globe. And so to honor those requests is an absolutely great way to begin service, but there's more. Out of love for Jesus, we can serve our families maybe in a way we haven't been able to do in a long time because our schedules are so busy. Maybe your wife, like mine, have been crazy busy all week trying to e-learn our kids, and that's going to continue on at least till May 1st, we now know. 
and it can be very stressful for those involved. Men, get the grill out. Go do some cooking, prepare some dinner, have some fun with it. Involve your sons, involve your daughters, teach them to cook. Give your wife some time to rest and relax. Here's the thing, we're now closed and many of us are working from home in different, all kinds of different situations. I know for me personally, this last week, and I can speak for Seth because he was here with me, this last week was difficult for us. We spent a lot of extra time here away from our families working on these things. And I'll be honest, it absolutely was worth it for all of you to be able to convey the good news of Jesus to you on this Sunday morning, but it did cost us for this last week. So moving forward, moving forward, we're gonna spend extra time with our families. Absolutely, we are. We don't know how it's gonna work. We both are gonna have work to do. We're gonna have things that we have to accomplish, but we are gonna set a schedule. Will you do that with us? Will you set a schedule? Will you stick to it? Will you carve out time as it comes available to spend specifically with your family? Here's the reality. This has never happened in the history of the world, right? It may never happen again. You may never get this moment back with your family, with your wife with the other people that mean so much in your life. Make the most of it. Because here's the thing, if we're paying attention, we're gonna learn some valuable lessons about our faith, about our family, and ways that we can serve Jesus within the storm that currently exists all around us. Maybe your neighbor has a pre-existing health condition or they are elderly. Give them a call. Make a run to the grocery store, to the pharmacy, for them, offer them some encouragement. Many people live far away from family or simply don't have any family at all. It's one thing to go through this crisis with your family at home with you. Could you imagine going through this as so many will be all alone in their life? It would be terrible. Maybe I could suggest this in an even simpler form. How about this? <laughs> Love your neighbor. I know. I stole those words. Jesus kind of knew what he was saying, didn't he? Even the most simplest phrase right now in a time like this could mean everything to someone in need. So have you spent any time at the feet of Jesus offering to serve those in need, whoever and however he might direct you to do that? One final illustration from the life of Mary. One final time we find him at his feet. When you read through the story of Mary's life's life and, and the triumphs and tragedies throughout, it is this constant hill and valley and hill and valley for her. And here's the thing. There was one more devastating blow away to be realized and witnessed in a period of about 24 hours, her Lord and Savior was taken from her. I don't know if we fully understand Mary's position. First of all, the personal healing of herself. Second of all, the up to three years she followed Jesus, watched him, heard him, listened to him preach, saw the miracles, had her own brother resurrected from the dead. This was the Messiah to Mary. I would contend that maybe nobody on earth believed more fully that Jesus was in fact God than Mary after her life experience. And here it is. He has just now been taken from her in a day. John records in chapter 20, though, what happens after, after the crucifixion. You see, Jerry, Mary was part of that initial lying of Jesus' tomb in the body, and now she's returned back to go make that final preparial for official Jewish burial. She goes to the tomb and finds nothing. 
There's no one there. She runs back to the disciples. She tells Peter and John, come running back, beat her to the tomb, go in. Something about that moment convinces Peter and John that Jesus has, in fact, risen from the grave. And for whatever reason, they just kind of discard Mary in that moment. And they go back to the house to tell everybody else. But it doesn't seem Mary is convinced. It says she's still there weeping. She's still there weeping. It says that an angel came and appeared to her, told her not to cry. It didn't work. That wasn't her savior. Her savior is gone. She's devastated. She's still weeping in the garden. And there she goes. And she sees a man in the garden. She presumes the man was a gardener. She asks the man very simply, what have you done with my Lord? To which the gardener replies with her name, Mary. Of course, at that moment, she knew. She absolutely knew. Now, we don't know her exact position, but the text indicates that she had once again fallen to Jesus's feet. Because in verse 17, Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to my father. I'm ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. You go, you go tell everybody else, let go of me. She wouldn't have grabbed him by the shoulders in that moment. She would have fell at his feet and worshiped him and grabbed on for dear life because she never wanted to lose him again. She was in shock. She grabbed a hole. She wouldn't let go. She was worshiping at the feet of her risen Savior. Did you notice there were no questions this time? She didn't ask, Jesus, why? Jesus, how are you alive? Jesus, what is going on? She simply believed and praised him and followed his directions to pursue and tell the others. Church, we are in a similar position today. We don't know when this is going to be over. We do not know how it will end. We do not have all the answers and we probably never will. But if you believe that Jesus is the son of God and you believe that he came and died for our sins and that three days later he rose from the grave, then will you come to his feet today and praise God in the midst of this storm? Let's take a moment today. Let's humble ourselves at the feet of Jesus, whether to learn to point out our deepest emotions, whether to serve him or finally whether to praise him. Might I suggest there be an element of all four at his feet this morning? Just let it out. If someone you know needs prayer, don't hesitate to contact us right here at the church. Email us. All of our info is on the website. You can easily find it right there. If you are in need of some assistance, let us know. We have people that have already contacting us saying, hey, if someone needs me to go to the grocery store, to go pick up their medication, to go and do something for them because they cannot get out, let us know. Let us help humble ourselves and allow others to serve in this time of great need. How about this? If you are simply lonely because you're all alone, let us no, don't sit there in the midst of this all by yourself. Let us rally around you. There are so many ways to communicate with people in this day and age. If you have one of those Berea phone books that we offer here, get it out, open it up and let, allow God to lead you to a name, make a phone call, just call somebody and check on them. See how they are doing. It is an important, important thing. And there's so many creative ways that we can stay connected and encourage one another in this time. 
Father God, as we begin these last two elements of our service, we pray that your word is what has brought forth that the example of Mary. I love the words of the gospels that say her story will be told. Yes, our story, your story. Father, you just continue to share these words with others throughout time. And these words can bring encouragement in any time of human history and they continue to do so. Father, let us follow her example to your feet. Let us bow down before you this morning and offer up our praises, offer up our thanksgiving, offer ourselves to serve you or pour out the emotions, the confusion, the frustration that we're facing. If that's what's needed, Father, you will gladly take it all. You ask us to bring it to you. Will people do that this morning in the comfort and privacy of their home? We pray that they will. Father, in this time of uncertainty, be with us. Help us to continue to gather. Help these next two elements of our service go according to your will. Help people be understanding of the way in which we're trying to do these things to keep the church strong and unified in these times, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, I know uh, many of you have been with us the last several weeks. And so we've been going through this series about things that we do and who we are as the church, the, the independent Christian church. Well, one of the things that we do each and every week is to take communion together to practice the Lord's Supper. And so uh, McKenna and I were actually uh, uh, talking via FaceTime a couple days ago, and we just began to brainstorm. How can we do this in, in some form or fashion? It's so important, we believe, for us to gather around the body of Christ and what he did for us and remember this each and every week together. And so this week, at the end of the week, I, I got an idea. We'll see. And maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Give us some feedback. Let us know. Maybe there's a better way that we can do this. And so what we asked you to do, we sent out an email, we put it on Facebook and said, hey, this morning before 10 o'clock, grab some crackers, grab some bread, grab something around your house, uh, grab some juice if you have it. If you don't, just use water. God doesn't care. We symbolically use the wine and the unleavened bread out of reverence for the Jewish Passover feast. That's where that came from. This is the new covenant. If we are honoring Jesus through it, God can honor whatever we use for these elements, for the sacrament, if you will. And so we thought it would be appropriate for us to take those together as the body of Christ. So if you were able to grab some crackers or some juice or some water or whatever you have nearby, we want you to grab that right now. Um, I've got mine here and the others in studio, all four of us uh, have theirs as well. And so here in just a second, once you kind of have those things prepared, we're gonna take communion together. I know we talked about even just, it was just last week that we talked about this very thing and how it's more than just doing in remembrance of him. It's beyond that. It's a time to remember, yes, what Jesus did, his broken body and his shed blood, absolutely. But it's also a time for introspection, my relationship with Christ. Am I giving my life to him as he gave his life for me? We've got lots of time to reflect in this society that we now live in being at home so much. And so if you would take with me that bread that you were given and, and I'll share with you something that was given to me. I, I shared it with Braylon last week. We had a baptism last Sunday. And so um, I shared this with me, Andy Hertel, an older gentleman in my church growing up when I was back. And he said, hey, this is something I do each and every week. The janitor probably doesn't like me because I leave some crumbs on the floor. But every week I take whatever this bread is and whatever you have in your hand and I take it between my fingers and I literally just break it in half. And I remember literally physically the broken body of Christ as I take this. So if you have that with you this morning, take that together.
whatever you have prepared, to take to remember the sacrifice God made in shedding his blood for us. Take that together. Father, we thank you for that sacrifice and the gift you gave us, this, this last supper that you performed with the disciples to remind us of what was about to happen for them and what we know happened in the past. Let us use this moment each week and as we gather to be united in Christ and the community that you've given us. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One final element um, that some people have asked about, and this is absolutely the closing for today, is this. How are we able to give in these uncertain times? How can that act of worship, that act of giving, how can we reflect that in these uncertain times? We want to encourage people to give however God allows them to give in these uncertain times. We know jobs have been affected. We know things like that exist. And we know that God will absolutely provide for our need. And so God is gonna lead you to give however you do that. We also know that as a church, most of our giving happens here in the building on a Sunday morning. And so people have asked, how can I continue to give since we're not able to gather? Well, one obvious choice is if you would like, you can still write a check, mail it to the church. 1995 West, County Road 800 North, um, Brazil, Indiana, 47834. You can mail it. We'll still be picking up the mail to do that. But there are other ways and easier ways, in fact, to do those things. We've got to understand that our missionaries around the world are facing the same crisis we are. And they are going to be in desperate need to help the people, physically help the people, spiritually help the people wherever God has them. We have missionaries in Haiti. The coronavirus is officially in Haiti now. The coronavirus obviously started in China. We have missionaries in China. Those missionaries are going to count on our support. What's awesome at this church is our support of our missionaries is directly tied to our giving. It's not a dollar amount. It's all based on how much we give as a church. And so the more we give, the more we can send to them across this globe and right here in our own community through our food pantry and other missions here. And so we want to do our best to not fall off in that area during this time where they're gonna have even greater need. And so please partner with us in doing that. Another thing uh, that Seth and I became painfully aware of this week is our church um, is way woefully short in the internet department. And we kind of always knew that, but after a phone call this week, we realized we actually have a plan that doesn't exist anymore for the, our internet company. And because we're a business, uh, they charge way, 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 way too much to move up to any other level. I mean, almost four times as much as what I pay at home. And so that's a need that we would love to take care of even this week. And the only way that's going to happen is that somehow we find a budgetary way to meet that need moving forward. So we desperately need your help. We need your people. We need everybody to join in and rally around this moment with us. We know that most people give in service. And so we just want to share with you the couple other easy options that exist. Probably if you're watching on a website right above me, there's a no donate now button on the screen. Like literally it's right above me. Um, you can click there. And when you click there, there's two options. You can either um, do basically an e-check to the church. It takes a minute to set it up. Um, and there's a, a, a little process you have to go through to make sure it's you, which is all a very good thing to verify that you are in fact you and you have access to your account, no one else. Um, you can also give via debit card. Now, the difference is the debit card, there is a bigger fee associated with a transaction fee, just like if you use the debit card at any store or anywhere else, whereas e-check has a very small fee to do that. We also have a really super cool, easy feature, the easiest one of absolutely all, and that's you can actually text to give. It's really cool. I played with it last night. You literally text the number 84321. You text the number 84321 and just put in any dollar amount, whatever you wish. And when you do that, a screen will pop up 
and you'll have a link to click and then it'll ask you what church, what's the church name? And you type in our church name, or if you're really close, it might already show our logo right there, Berea Christian Church. You click on that and you enter your personal information for that transaction to go through. It's that simple. It's that easy. Um, and it is important um, for the work of the church to carry on. We are trying to continue helping people in this community. And here's even just as important. We wanna be prepared for the moment this thing ends to rush in and be the church in this community and help those that are in the greatest need. Uh, McKenna and I went last week and went out to Forest Park. We talked to them and we said, hey, what do you need? And they said, nothing in the moment, but we're at the very top of the list for them to contact when things do get back, when they do get back to e-learning, when they get back from spring break, when needs arise, we are one of the first people they're gonna contact with those needs. And we wanna be prepared financially to go in and meet those needs. So don't miss that moment coming up quickly, all right? So here's the thing, I miss gathering with you. It is lonely in here. All of us would agree. Seth and Jason are having to whisper back and forth. Um, hopefully uh, you giggled a little bit at home with a couple things. Get connected. Get connected with the children's ministry. Go to the children's and family ministry webpage right now. When we're done, I'm going to pray we'll be done. Go to that link, download the materials, start with your Facebook talent show. I don't have any talent, so I don't know what I can catch flies, but they're not out yet. So I don't have any good talents. Um, so I, I have to come up, make up something. Can't wait to see those things for next week. I can't wait for us all to be back together soon. Next week, we begin our Easter series. It's simply entitled, Nobody Expected Nobody. You can interpret that a lot of different ways. Have fun with that this week. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity together. We pray that the technology worked uh, without too many glitches this morning. And thank you for those that helped set it up. For McKinnon and the hard work she's putting in to continue our children's and family ministry to get them linked up with you first and foremost and with each other. Be with our church moving forward. Let us find new and creative and unique ways to reach out to those around us as this time continues on. And we don't know what lies ahead, but we know you are already there. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We can't wait to be with you again online and watch for other events. As we get this technology figured out, there's gonna be some other things that we're doing. So be prepared for those and to connect with us in those ways. We love you. More importantly, Jesus loves you. Amen.